You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's Wayne on Wednesday, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Shen.co.za. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. Wayne, we haven't spoken for a couple of weeks because I've been away. There's been so much going on. I don't want you to go back over everything, but there's been a few corporate, not scandals, but corporate hiccups, haven't there, that you might want to comment upon? Yeah, look, we certainly have. Tonga's been one. And you, you actually can't believe it. They start a strategic review of the company, where they're going, what they're doing. And all of a sudden, in the process of this review, they find something, quite frankly, what appears to be catastrophically wrong. The results that they've presented to the market for maybe even a number of years, but they haven't told us the quantum. They haven't actually said much at all. I'm not too sure whether they know much at all. To be also be totally honest, I'm not too sure how jacked up they are as to what's actually potting, but she took an almighty beating. Yes. So that was that was certainly certainly the one. So when you look at when I mean when you look at Tongot, the shares I mean it might have recovered a little bit in the last day or two, but you know it's down forty five percent in a week. So it's just bounced a little bit in the last day. And that makes the share down almost 90% over the last five years. So this has been a truly catastrophic investment for them. And then, of course, the big one was Aspen. Yeah. I'm not even too sure what to say (laughs) on that, to be honest. I mean, we all know that they heavily into acquisitions over the last number of years, they quite honestly promised the market a lot, but haven't delivered on too much. They sat with too much debt, and they had to sell off one of their crown jewels, which is the infant milk formula business in China, to pay down their debt. But they haven't got that money yet because there's still some regulatory issues outstanding. Yeah, so the share on the day the information came out, the share went down a 50%. I mean, it didn't trade. It didn't close down 50%. But, you know, it got, it got, it literally fell 50% in a day. Mm. Um, but it closed down, you know, still quite strongly. So this this year, this share has halved in the last year. And there doesn't seem to be any resolution yet as to when they're getting this money in from the infant milk formula business and how they're going to settle their debt. So we actually just don't know. And we're waiting for Aspen to come back to us to tell us what's happening. Yeah, indeed. There's so many different views out there. People that have said just because the share is halved, or it's more than halved, of course, it was in the 400s at one stage, but it wasn't that long yes. ago. It was 140, so it's halved down to 70. It's halved and halved again and then halved again. What I'm really looking for here, because we have covered most of the scandals, and I, I think they are scandals when it comes to yeah. investors being yet again put upon by the performance yeah. of certain companies. What is your attitude when you see a company like Aspen, a former darling of the exchange, suddenly the pariah of the exchange or one of the pariahs of the exchange, but still a good company, although they obviously got a little bit ahead of themselves with debt and acquisitions, etc. What do you say as an experienced asset manager? Do you say this must be an opportunity or do you say, uh, I'm sorry, until things sort themselves out, I'm not touching it? In this particular one, given the information that we have had over the last well, this last week, but also the share also took 
a very, very big hit on their last set of results that came out when they said that they were selling the infant milk formula business and the market became aware of their debt. I think on this one, you sit back. Look, there is potential upside here. They have all of these drugs that they now own the patents for. They're all off patent. They can manufacture these drugs at a massive margin in their own factories, which they already have. So looking forward two years, the company can actually increase profits quite significantly. And when, if, when the money comes in from the milk formula business, they can get their debt down and hold it down and stop doing acquisitions. There is the potential for massive upside here. But maybe you just sit back for a while on this. Because to be also totally honest, they've promised a lot over the last two or three years and haven't delivered on much. And when you read their company communications, it's always, chaps, things tough now, but in six months' time, it's going to be fantastic. Yes. And, and they haven't actually delivered on that, to be honest. Okay, so don't look at that one. The Tongot story is quite extraordinary. It was five years ago. Yes, it is actually, I haven't seen that ago. I haven't seen that before, yeah. No, it, it was 174 rand five years ago, Wayne. I mean, five years yeah. ago is, is yesterday in the asset management business. It's now Correct. one yeah. tenth of that. What do you do with that one? And how can the bean counters get it so wrong? Because that seems to be what has happened. I don't actually know what the story is. It can only be one of two things, okay? It can only be they got the land value wrong, i.e. The, the, the old sugarcane land that they owned up on the hill in Durban there that's been now over the years made into a shopping center and corporate park, that somehow the outstanding low land they've got there, they've put the wrong value on it. So that's the one side. And then the only other thing that can be wrong is the valuation of the agricultural assets, i.e. the sugarcane in the field. And whatever other, I don't know whether they do tanning or starch or something, but whatever stuff they've got sitting in the field that hasn't been harvested yet, they might have got that wrong. I don't think the second one's big enough, by the way. I, I, I think this is a unsold land issue because five years ago, everyone bought this on the massive potential valuation of the land. Look, it also doesn't help the global sugar price and all of these other issues. I mean, it is at its heart. An agri a heavily cyclical agricultural-related company, which is a very, very difficult company to invest in. But this latest hit that they've had, I mean, and, and as you said, they've had a serious hit. You know, this thing peaked at, she's 170, 180 rand five years ago, you know, and it's down at 16 bucks now. Gosh. You know, your shareholders are not happy but the real damage is the real, the true damage has been done in the last year and a bit. You know, the last year, the share's done 85% in a year. And you can argue this latest accounting scandal is half of that. But it had still fallen from 100 Rand to 50 Rand before this, not scandal. I don't want to call it that because we don't know what it is. But this accounting valuation issue has reared its head, was this responsible for the fall from 50 rand 
down to the current 16 rand. You are an investment professional and you have to adhere to certain governance rules, so you can't say scandal. I will say scandal as a broadcaster because I don't care what no, anyone says. I don't mind saying scandal as long as I know it's a scandal. Well, it has to be because these people have got one job to do, and that is count beans. Yeah. No, they, have to, they have to no, audit and they have to, they have to account for things. That's why they are called auditors and accountants. And I'm sorry if they've got it so wrong for so many years, they shouldn't be in the business. It's an absolute disgrace. Let's go on to days. No, let's go to yesterday because your parent company, First Rand, came out with results. Yes. And well done. They were respectable results. And I don't know how the banks do so well in, in such difficult times because the economic activity, as referenced today by the Business Confidence Index and other indicators, is really down in the dumps. Yeah. Look, First Rand, I mean, I mean it's difficult for me to talk about my own company, but First Rand's results were probably the best results that have come out for the domestic banking operations for all the banks that have reported. We all know APSA I agree. And, we, and, I, and their Herculean task of pulling themselves out from Barclays. I, I, I think they did a spectacular job showing the earnings that they did show because let me tell you, they have got a job, you know, to, to get themselves out of Barclays. But, you know, the market still thought it was, it was a bit disappointing. Nedbank obviously massively boosted by a turnaround in the Nigerian operations, but the SA operations were, call it flat. And, and First Rand's SA operations were up, well, the earnings were up 7%. So it certainly was the best result of all the domestic banks. But then again, it is the most expensive of all the domestic banks. It's got the highest rating. So a better result clearly was anticipated by the market for First Rand, and it delivered on it. So there, it's fine. Good. What is quite exciting about the banks, because they're still on relatively low ratings, is that when economic activity does eventually start to take off yes. again in South Africa, it's, everyone is poised for greatness. Correct. And that's why if you believe that the future is better than the past in South Africa, the future looks a bit rosier than the, than the sort of last five-year past, which I certainly believe, then you should be buying the bank and the SA retailers and the SA consumer related shares because everyone has cut costs to the bone in this tough environment, as you can well imagine. So what happens when the economy turns up, people are reluctant to add expenses initially. So for the first six months or the first year of the economic expansion, it just piles straight onto the bottom line. So in other words, you get an increase in business activity turnover, but you don't increase your costs initially. And that's when you get the true kicker. So these shares have the potential to give you a half-decent return if the economy picks up in the next year or two. And in fact, the life assurers are more or less the same because if the economy picks up, they can also show, show some growth in their volumes of sales. But more importantly, if the economy picks up and then hopefully you think the stock market will pick up as well, they heavily gear to the stock market. And no life company in South Africa has had good investment returns for five years because our share market hasn't gone up for five years. So, you know, if you believe in a slightly more positive outlook, you should be buying some of the life companies as well because they've also had a torrid time. You know, we've been talking to domestic life companies. They've had a torrid time in the last five years as well.
Okay, I was going to ask you about All Mutual, but we haven't got time for that. I want to talk about results that came out today. There's uh, three results, actually two sets of results and one trading statement. Grand Parade Investments Limited trading statement. This has been yes. a very, very, very difficult share to anal a company to yes. analyse, hasn't it? What do you make of it? Well, look, everyone knows, quite frankly, that it's not going to be good news what GPI comes up with. And their share, although it's done okay in the last year, it's up slightly in the last year. In the last five years, it has halved. You know, it's had a very, very difficult time. Now, they said that checking out Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins, the ice cream lot, mm. they throwing in all their money essentially into um, Burger King. King. Mm -hmm. And it seems that and that they've had massive management and internal and shareholder strife and meetings and oh it's been actually it's been quite tough for the company and shareholders and the management and 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 all of this but you know the the, the hassle the real hassle is is that it hasn't really proven itself i mean the the you know, in its in when it transformed transformed from a gambling company into a fast food company, you know they haven't really shown too much. So now their earnings now, when I mean, you look at last year's earnings were three rand. This year, this time they say it was going to be between let's say three rand fifty and four rand per share. So they're showing some improvement, but you know there's massive losses still from the discontinued operations because they still got to incur those losses until they actually get out of them. So the, so the underlying business is Burger King, in other words, is still showing some sort of profitability and they've stopped the big store expansions there. But I suppose if you believe in a turnaround by the SA consumer, this one should benefit once they've got rid. And of course they got Starbucks and all, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, yeah, they were, they were too aggressive. They were in the consumer environment okay. with big competition. Yeah, trading statement anyway. We wait for the full year results and I'll, hopefully I'll interview the yes. relatively new CEO then. Two sets of results and we'll start with Growth Point. Growth Point and Impact is the second one, but Growth Point. If you had to be in a property company, given what happened in 2018, i.e. Yes. a 25% plus fall in the index, you'd probably want to be in this bluest of blue chips of property yes. REITs. 100% correct. They are, they have proven themselves to be the winner. Look, it's a tough environment. I mean, make no mistake, property has been tough for a, a number of years because let's just say for the last three years, your top line rental growth is very subdued. It's incredibly subdued. Maybe you get a two or 3% increase in your rental growth each year, but your expenses are going up 5 or 6% a year, driven mainly by electricity and rates and taxes that are increasing faster than that. So it's, in, it's, it's very difficult to grow your top line, your earnings in this type of investment. I mean, it, it truly is. So all of the property companies are, are, are battling, and they're all showing the good ones are showing 3 4 5%. Dividend, dividend growth or distribution growth, and that's exactly what Growth Point is showing. Now, last year, it didn't matter whether you were the premier uh, property company or not, every share took a beating. So even Growth Point, it has recovered a little bit in the last month or two, but it's still down 20% year on year. But at least now, and this is one of the big things that, that, that we actually pushing here, 
for the first time in many, many years, these property companies are not badly rated. Mm. You know, you can buy growth point at a 9% dividend yield, and that's more or less equal to the long bond, whereas literally a year ago or two years ago, these things were 65 to 7% yield, which was significantly lower than the long bond. So I actually think this is an, uh, an opportunity to actually buy these shares at a half-decent price. Do you think so we we gain overweight property? Of course, if the economy tanks further, you know, forget about making money on that view. Yes. But yeah. So, so that's one of your measures, is it? When you have a look at the dividend yield or distribution to the long bond, to the long bond, that's one of the indicators that you use. And you've decided yes. to go head down with this property investment from what you yeah. just said. Because we were very cautious on property when they were trading at two or three percent, when the yield was two or three percent lower than the SA long bond. And you can make a very valid argument, in fact, a correct argument that, you know, 30 or 40% of the assets are now overseas. So you can't compare the yield on an overseas asset to the SA long bond, which makes even more compelling now that it is trading at the long bond yield because in theory, with 30% of your assets should be trading at the global long bond yield. So in other words, it even looks cheaper than it does on the face of it, taking into account the assets that are overseas now. Wayne, just very briefly on a company called Impact. They came out with their numbers yes. today. These are the annual results to the end of December. And if you look at the headlines, then it looks really good because it says underlying, it operating, underlying operating profit up 47% and a total gross dividend increased by 27%. That is a really yeah, chunky off, increase. Yeah, but you're coming off a low base, eh? Mm. They had a torrid time last year. I mean, abruptly torrid. Well, not last year. They actually had a torrid time for a while. They have not been, not been in easier operations, but clearly they've sorted quite a few things out and how they're working and they're showing this, what I hope is a continued turnaround situation because the, the paper and packaging people in South Africa is at a tough time. So, I mean, the, the share in the last three years is down from 45 bucks to 23 bucks, but at least uh, it's up about 2% today. It was up much higher earlier on today. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know where the share got to. I think it got to 25 rand and it's trading at 23.80. So it went through 25. But once again, very similar to GPI, it's a very illiquid share. There's not much volume in these shares. Eh? So it's actually quite difficult for a big institutional manager to invest in these shares simply from a volume angle. Which is a pity. Wayne, thanks so much for your extended and excellent yes, analysis. That's Wayne McCurry from FMB Wealth and Investment. That uh, podcast was brought to you by sharenet.co.za.